0: TFC fans, welcome to another edition of the TFC Roundtable. I'm your host, Tony Vichaglia, with my co-host, Mr. Mario Pelleggi, and our very special guest, Mr. Bill Manning, the president of Toronto FC and the Toronto Argonauts. Bill, welcome. Thank Thank you for coming today. Thanks for having me. We greatly appreciate it. It's really our honour to have you here at GTA Sportsplex for our podcast. We're actually live streaming on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. So we've got a live audience actually watching from all over the GTA. And actually we're gonna have someone calling in to ask some questions. Uh, we've got fans that have been emailing us all week. Yeah. They can't wait for you That's to it, talk it. to us because we've got some hard questions yeah. for you. Yeah. And you know what, you you were gracious enough to come on and say, you know what, no holds
1: barred. Anything goes, which is our style. Absolutely. So we thank you for being here today on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing, Mr. Manning, and thanks so much for joining the TFC Roundtable podcast. Yeah, my pleasure. Please call me Bill. Okay, make me Bill. sound way too old. <laughs> no, no problem. I just want to point out and mention to everybody here: you are such a gentleman. You are a class act. I, I'm just going to refer back to about a month ago. We met in the West Club. Yeah. I saw you walking, and the first thing I said is, "Bill, time for a picture." Mm-hmm. And you just graciously stopped whatever you were doing, dead in your tracks, to come take a picture with my father and I. Yeah. My father's an 82-year-old champion, best guy you'll ever meet, and you did something for him that he does not stop talking about. You took off your championship ring, and you let him hold it, wear it, and take a picture for us. And that's a memory that not only will I have uh, with him forever, but he will never forget it, and he doesn't stop talking to everybody about it. So thank you for being who you are. Thank you. So let's just get right into it. You've been originally brought in to ensure the operations of Toronto FC were impeccable, okay? And shortly thereafter, you took on the role of being president of the Argos. Yep. Has this impacted the attention that you spend on Toronto FC? I
2: I wouldn't say the the attention, you know, obviously if I have 24 hours in a day before it was all um, focused on TFC, um, but I don't think, I think I've probably doubled down on the number of hours I've put in uh, with the Argonauts. Um, you know, TFC, it's been it's been difficult because we had such a great run, um, really going into 16, you know, st- started really midway through 16. Because mm-hmm. what was crazy is through the first 14 games, our record in 2016, and this year was exactly the same, and then we lost. Uh, against Dallas and and then we actually tied Um, but midway through 2016 and then really through April of 2018 we had that great run and now we're uh, we're in a transition with with the first team with TFC Um, but the Argos the Argos uh, I I don't feel have have led to a lack of attention on TFC uh, at all it's it's uh, I was honored that they thought of me to take on that role it's it's actually Provide a lot of synergy with our scheduling and, and use of the field um, between the Argonauts and TFC, um, and I think the the relationship that we're looking to have, MLSE is looking to have, is similar to the Maple Leafs and the Raptors. Um, and our franchises aren't big enough that yep. that they thought it would be best having one guy kind of running both teams. So I, I eagerly, uh, you know, took on the role because they 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 had you know faith in me to do it. Um, and on the outside, it may look like TMC isn't getting the attention. Maybe you could look at it that way, but trust me, they are. And, uh, and especially now, you know, when things are smooth sailing, um, you can, you, you, you just kind of let it ride. And when things right now, when, when you're struggling, you really, you know, I personally, you double down. and You're working harder than you ever worked before to get out of this. So, you know, if anything the Argos guys are probably saying, Hey, what about me? And they got they took a whooping this weekend too, so it wasn't a good weekend.
0: So, Bill, we're, we're going to end the niceties here because Mary's usually the nice guy, and yeah. I'm the heel. If you're a all wrestling all right, fan. all right, yes. So, yes. I know you've got a varied sports background. You've been in the NBA, the NFL. Yep. You've done uh, work with the Tampa Bay Mutiny, who you know I followed back in the day when Carlos Valderrama yeah. was there. Yeah. Um, so you've got this wide range of experience, and I think probably that's why they, they feel comfortable with you at the helm of yeah. both the Argos and TFC. Yeah. Back in 2017, yeah. you said that keeping Vanny on after the 2016 season was one of the best decisions you ever made. Yeah, and you never fire a coach who makes the playoffs. Yep. yep. I guess Vanny's not getting fired this year.
2: We got to make the playoffs.
0: Got to make the playoffs. Got to make the playoffs. Okay, I think because that's obviously really it's, a, it's an eight-game slide. Um, you know, you, you saw in the last three. game, yeah. three nothing. Mm-hmm. We've got issues with this team. Yeah. And at yeah. the end of the day, you know what? The buck stops with the coach. Yep. Yeah. Especially for the, for the field play, yep. and ultimately the GM president, you guys got to come together and make a decision. What's the process of making that decision of whether Manny stays or goes? stays or goes? Is it just whether or not you make the playoffs, or are there other factors involved?
2: Um, I, I think there's other factors. You know, one of the things that I like to say is, is this guy won a championship for us, and he for won sure. three Canadian championships, and so. Um, I want to give him every opportunity to succeed. I think too often in this business, and in sports in general, um, there's a f- almost a flippant nature about coaches, you know, get rid of them, right. fire firearm, you know, and so on, and, and I think it was wise that we kept Greg on, he grew into that role, and, and now he's challenged because we are um, a team that is transitioning out of kind of that the big DP model that we had. And not that we're not going to have designated players before, but we had this great, you know, Josie and Seba and and um, Michael. And then Victor really was a designated yep. player, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had this great group of players that crescendoed at the right time. And then underneath that, you had the Will Johnsons and the Stephen Betashores and Justin Morrow and Drew Moore and all these guys we kind of brought in. Um, and now we're transitioning and, and some of our team is aging and how do we get back to building up that core group of players of shift not only the DPs but also your your what I call your support players and your depth players but they have to be guys that can help you win a championship so Greg is going through that right now and you know our challenge has been we need to figure out ways to win when our best lineup is not on the field when, right. when six guys are away for Gold exactly. Cup how do we find out a way to win how do we grind out a win and you know, sometimes that is changing your strategy and changing your tactics. Right. Because uh, when you have Josie Altador and Michael and, and Pozo and, and Mavinga who's who's out injured right now, Oso, you can play differently. Mm-hmm. And so I and think gives that gives other players is, an opportunity to shine. Yeah, and, and that I think Greg's biggest challenge right now is how do I adapt this team to get victories without the talent that the right. best eleven and and so I want to give him every every benefit of doubt to figure it out. He's frustrated, um, and he is digging in. And what you find is the best will will figure it out. And you know, I like to say it's 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 you know we all get knocked down. For That's sure. how you get up. And right. and right now we got knocked down, and we've been knocked down almost eight times in a mm-hmm, row, right? Oh yeah, five it. and three to last eight games, mm-hmm. and at some point. If it keeps sliding, then you you really look and say, okay, what's going on here? But I I do believe Greg deserves a time to get through this window um, and at least get through this summer to see right. where we are. We, we we are unbelievably still in a playoff spot,
0: um, mm-hmm. which right. is well, it's pretty crazy. interesting. The Phil- you be Philadelphia in the first game of the season yeah, over and now. Philadelphia great. is at yeah. the top, but we're still in contention. Still we're, have a playoff. We're still possible.
2: in contention, and and you know, I think this year. If we can survive this downslide and then kind of make a run, get in the playoffs, I think with our best 11, we can make a run.
0: And you sort of experienced this before with the mutiny, right? Where you're last place team. Yep. And, you know, there you listen to the fans, and unfortunately, let the coach go, right? So you said you, you've learned from yes. those mistakes yeah, with did. the Mutant. Yeah, I did. So you've carried that through for the last 16, 17, yeah. 18 yeah. years. I yeah. And Same. I guess you're going to stick with that. I was that in block. a similar
2: spot with Jason Christ in Ralph Salt Lake. So mm-hmm. my first year there, we had a, a 500 record. My second year there, we actually had a losing record through the season. And fans were calling for his head. And we stuck with him. And we actually wound up sneaking into the playoffs yeah. and winning MLS Cup yeah. in 2009. Yeah and and I think part of it was he was a young coach and he was figuring it yeah. out and we had a, a team that was actually transitioning to a core and then we built this core of players with Nat Borchers and Kyle Beckerman and uh, Hamasin Olave and, and Alvaro Sabarillo and we had a really good run seven years in the playoffs um, and, and you know, last year we didn't make the playoffs and there's a lot of reasons why injuries saw sore but two years in a row is unacceptable and, yeah. and I think Greg knows that as well and it's not saying, you know, coach is going to this no it's 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 we are not an organization with with the resources we have and, and the cut players you know bringing in an Alejandro
1: Pozuelo mm-hmm.
2: that not making the playoffs That's is right. an option
1: absolutely Mario so just as a follow-up just a piggy bank on that I'll never forget on the 3rd of November in 2015 you held your first press conference yeah. I think it was a, a breath of fresh air to have you part of the organization and you know diehard fans like we have here that follow the podcast we've been there from day one you know, you you said something that really resonated with all of us, especially with me. And you said that you know this is a results based business, yep. and that to concede more than forty five goals in a given season, you're not going to the right. MLS championship. No. So in sixteen and seventeen, uh, we were on point, way well below that threshold, yep. killed it. Thus, back to back trips to the finals. Eighteen was an anomaly. We I don't know what happened. One point nine goals a game.
2: We and this year we're you know, we 1. want to
1: forget a, yeah, we want to forget about that, but we're on we're on point right now to crush that forty five.
2: Oh yeah, no, we're one point eight goals against, and you you essentially have to be forty five is about one point four uh, goals against average, one point three seven something like that, and where th- th- our defense has really struggled, but the other part is the last eight games we have five goals. Yeah, and so you, you're getting it on both ends. Um, We do miss Chris Mavinga when he's not in the lineup, Um, you know, and, you know, Drew coming off an injury still hasn't found his form yet. And then Laurent Simon has been a little bit in and out of the lineup. Oro um, got injured and and it's just been kind of a a rotation of guys. And we haven't had the stability that we saw during that real good run of time when you really, you had Bateshore, you had Drew Moore, you had Mavinga, you had Justin Morrow, pretty much played every game, right? And... And that's been a, that's been a struggle. That's been a struggle. So, the only way I will say it's the only way we're going to make the playoffs is if we get back to conceding, you know, 1.2, 1.3 goals against for the rest of the year. That's the only way. Can I ask a quick if we, if we're giving up tending, three goals a game.
0: Absolutely, this goaltending obviously it plays a part. Yep. Goaltending hasn't been the strongest this year. I feel. Yep. Um, what do you look for in a goaltender?
2: Big saves. So I was a former defender and I always say, you look for three big saves a game. And so when Alex was at his best, he was making some big saves. Mm -hmm. Everyone remembers the Bradley Wright Phillips saves, right? And when he, Bradley Wright scores that goal, we don't win that game. We lose on aggregate. And, uh, um, you know, those are the saves you're looking for. I thought, you know, Quentin actually had a ton of saves this weekend against Dallas, but you're letting in three goals, right? right. So it's just too many shots on goal. Uh, Our defense was too porous. Um, and and that is a concern it's a concern so there's a reason we brought in Omar Gonzalez when I was in Real Salt Lake um, I played against the LA Galaxy and I played against Omar and they won three MLS Cups and uh, he's a winner Uh, he's a dominant presence we've never really had that big six foot four six foot five center back um, set pieces he's a dominant player Um, and he's been in big situations before um, you know, even when he went down to Mexico, he went to Pachuca. They wound up mm-hmm. winning.
1: Yeah.
2: And then they, they cha- when they changed coaches, he fell out of favor with the coach. And, and that's why he moved over to Atlas. And then the first Atlas coach played him. He's doing fine. And then they got rid of the coach. and You know how it goes. And so he is really excited to take on what he feels um, where he's still in the prime of his career. Um, a real long run in Toronto, and, and you know he wants to do what what Michael and Seba, mm-hmm. and Josie, kind of coming here did. He's saying I
0: want to do that. Right. Now. So is he the next phase of the Michael Bradley? You know, obviously. I think I, th- I the would equate role. it more
2: to like Drew Moore, and and when Will Johnson came in mm-hmm. here, those guys. So he's
1: the first piece towards. Yeah, yeah. Because because
2: okay. if you remember, we had the big DPS, and we what we we needed was some more leadership, and we needed yeah. and and Drew clearly gave us that you know drew at 35 years old is you know a 34 game season is going to be rough on him we need drew to you know give us his best moments in in big games but it's just it's a long season for him
1: and he has in his credit like i i always said on this podcast that i thought that Simon was going to be that cool-headed level-headed individual in the back that was going to educate and mentor that that back line Um, I, I haven't seen it. I hope that that does come out. It's just there. There's a, a disconnect, yeah. you know. It,
2: yeah, I, I, you know, I think Laurent. Um, you know, I thought in the first half uh, this weekend he was good. I think he's started to come on. He's had some back issues, and I think you know again that that's that's it changes the way you play sometimes. You know, when you have these little <laughs> nagging injuries, and, and it is one of those things where. When you are in, in, you know, 33, 34, 35 years old, you you need some depth that can fill in for Absolutely. you. So it's not, um, you're not relying so much on, on these guys. And so I think with Omar coming in, um, I think it allows us to have a player who can be an everyday starter for us, and then you can have kind of a rotation a little bit with these guys, and, and mm-hmm. they can give us their best mm-hmm. when we need them. And no, I go back, though, is, is I think Omar is going to have a similar impact like Will had. You know, Will Johnson was with me at Salt Lake, and he was a winner, and he was a gamer, and he helped elevate everyone else, and Drew did that as well. Drew, I mean, really stabilized He's our sectional. back line. He stabilized yeah. our back line, and, and that's you know, really what we're hoping Omar can do for us.
0: So do you, is it noticeable that the morale of the team, especially in the dressing room and the locker room, is not where it was in the past is there a noticeable you know there
2: for me it's 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 not the morale you you know it's 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 really the group is getting along and and they are are you know the the practice sessions are lively they're enjoying themselves um but they're frustrated what we don't have is the swagger we had a swagger and we had a a confidence that no matter if we went down one nothing we were going to win
0: absolutely and you
2: had a group of players that that fought hard and i think you know if you you know when we started the season we started well and then josie got injured and i think with the new formation with the one striker there was oh crap right and then all of a sudden we started losing some guys you know to gold cup chris mavinga went down and then and then what happened things just snowballed and so i wouldn't say that it's a it's fractured locker room because the guys actually believe i I, part of it though is there's a different level of believing when you're getting it done every single game and that i think you know to get your swagger back you have to win and so right now there's a um you know i saw when dallas put that second goal and i was like we're done and you just you 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 losing breeds losing winning breeds winning and so that's something that we and sometimes it just takes one or two players to tweak that to but, turn it and around and not
1: to talk too much about the la- last game but it was noticeable you know from the start to finish that there was not one cross in the box you had Boyd in there all alone and he's a box player yep. you know there was not one cross in there
2: yeah no it's um you know Originally, when we were starting the season with Josie um, up front, the thought process was to have kind of a, a number ten with him, and then have you know Marky and Michael, and then and then also likes to come from the left side and Nick DeLeon, and kind of you know really kind of whip it outside back into Josie, use Pozo to come inside, and we we. We do not have the speed on the flanks to beat guys. And so, how we're going to beat teams is by possession and by penetrating passes. Um, And, you know, we started out well and we scored a lot of goals early on, and then the wheels fell off the bus. And it really does show you, you know, how critical Josie is to us. And in the past, we played with the two forwards, with Seba and Josie. Um, and you, you you know, if they took Seba out of the game, Josie was going to get you. If they took right. Josie out of a game, Seba was going to get you. If they took both out of the game, he had Victor. You know? And, and Victor so, was a magician. And so I think, you know, Pozo really, you know, took over Victor's role. He's a younger version of Victor. Um, what we really have, have struggled with is, is replacing Seba's production. And that was, I think, when Greg approached his season. And we still have TAM money that we're going to, Used for an attacker in this summer window, um, and we did we did attempt to get it in the winter window. Um, at the end of the day, we weren't successful. Who you after? It was it? It was a it was an Argentine player who was, uh, who was who was a good player, and we just at the end of the day, they did a lot of things not to get the deal done because they wanted more money than we had to spend at that time. Because TAM money, it's not, it's not like DP money where you could spend whatever you want tam money is very
0: defined so the the deal
2: and what i didn't want to do then is lock in a player for three years who we really didn't want absolutely and so so i felt that you know i I felt we could survive not what's happened which is we're we're sinking and so so that's um kind of you know a little
0: yeah you're talking about the importance of of josie obviously We've seen some internal strife. We saw in the media that after their game uh, against uh, Minnesota, he talked about a trainer and his yeah, hamstring, yeah, 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 yeah. and you know publicly he yeah. called you out yeah, on that. Yeah. And you know we were talking about uh, head games being played, et cetera, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about that, and, and yeah. maybe you know for the people, we'll try and make it as transparent as possible. What took place there, and what was he obviously? Yeah, doing?
2: it was a it was a tough situation, and. and uh so we had a, a, a trainer by the name of Giuseppe Guelli, who is, um, he had worked with Sebastian. And he worked with, with us last year, but mostly with Sebastian. But then he started working with Michael and with uh, Josie as well. And at the end of the season, when Sebastian um, went to Saudi Arabia, he said, okay, because Giuseppe really wasn't part of our staff. It was kind of a weird situation. You're seeing this with... Within the NBA, you see with Tom Brady in the NFL, if you heard that whole thing with Belichick and his guy, right? So we allowed him to come in the locker room and and more than kind of their own guy. And when I kind of cut him loose, Josie and Michael came to meet with me and they said, hey, Bill, he really is important to us. And I didn't didn't maybe understand the level Level of importance, importance, right? And so I said, okay, guys, let me take care of it. I said the one thing and they both agreed is i can't have it just be for it Has to be for everybody just, it's got to be for everybody yeah. it's got to be able to treat io Akinola and julian dunn as yeah. as much as michael bradley and josie alton so not so, just
1: for a designated player
2: correct, status. correct It has to be for the club for me it's it's all for one okay right so i actually um met with giuseppe and uh and actually flew with him on a flight to italy when I went to visit Andrea D'Amico. And then uh, I invited Giuseppe out to dinner. We had dinner together. And we came to kind of a a tentative deal. And when I came back, he was scheduled to actually come back, but I didn't let Michael or Josie know or anyone know. We were kind of having paperwork go back and forth because the deal could still fall apart. And right. the last thing I wanted to say is, hey, I've got you guys coming in, right. deal falls apart. Because there was still some money, we were negotiating some different things. Um, so Josie pulls up his hamstring, and he goes he goes crazy, and he felt that. Gi- now, Giuseppe didn't miss any time. That's the only misinterpretation. Giuseppe stayed with us, went back, and Josie was very emotional in the moment, and. and he and I had a talk uh, on that Monday morning about what was going through his mind. And he was like, I'm never going to get healed, and my guy's gone, and I'm in, a, I'm in a world of trouble. Little did he know Giuseppe was on a flight coming back, coming in that Sunday. And so I think that, that Josie, look, we spoke with Josie emotionally came out and then he went to me because in my mind I was the guy that cut out Giuseppe who was gonna get him even if it was a small hamstring injury, which it was, was gonna rehab him, take care of him. Um and all I said to him is is a, and, and Josie has had some trust issues in the past with other clubs and I think here it was a moment where he was angry and and he didn't know the status of Giuseppe. And he, he he said he told me sorry and he apologized and he came out publicly. Is it
0: water under the bridge? Now? Oh yeah, completely. And, up. And, and
2: the way I kind of put it was, you know, in a family you have a fight with your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad. We had a.
0: But in Italian families we don't air our dirty laundry. <laughs>
2: no, I know, but <laughs> I, but but we don't air our dirty but laundry. it was a, an emotional outburst. And, and look, I think he would tell you he. And he has. He, you know, he said it was, it was something that, but Joseph's an emotional guy. I think it's what makes him a great player. Um, and he said to me, you know, he, he, he was choked up even. And of course, we talked to him, we talked through some things, and he didn't know that I was going to bat. For 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 the group for the team and now Giuseppe's with us and Giuseppe's part of our staff actually now okay, so he's not under even
1: contract with MLC, he's with us right. and,
2: and he works for the club um, for the foreseeable future for the foreseeable and, and how I did Jovinco steal him how did you he manage still to works get him? he still works with Seba okay, um, but, but, he's, so, under but contract. he's here for, for and so the way he works is Josie's um, Giuseppe's here for, for two weeks a month. And then he works with the guys when he goes back to Europe because he has some other clients. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, but, he, but he makes sure that they're up. He probably FaceTimes with them every day. Okay. Um, and then he comes back. And so we worked out a schedule that works for everyone. Um, we got the machines. But but uh, we've made Giuseppe now part of our group, part of our team. Um, and for me, how I equated that was it was a, it was a little family kind of conflict, misunderstanding, which... By that Monday morning, we were we were good, so, and yeah. I don't look back. Yeah. Because you know? there's not
1: much news on Toronto FC in the media anyway, so when something pops up, it's like a grand Do yeah. you think the Raptors right? have
0: anything to do with this? Obviously, they, I think you, you've you been let off the hook a little bit because of the <laughs> right. success of the Raptors, right? Because I think there's a lot of stuff going on with TFC. Yeah. But, you know, the spotlight obviously has been on yeah, the Raptors
2: yeah. in Toronto. Rightly
1: so. And that's
0: let you off the hook a yeah, little bit,
1: Yeah, right? a little bit. I, I, I uh, There's not enough people writing about TFC. That's the problem. It's...
2: You're right. I, I think the Raptors have have taken up so much right. bandwidth, uh, which has actually been a good thing for us during this slide. Um, and what I'm hoping is we get the big guy back and Michael comes back from Gold Cup and Oso, Omar comes in, it's new acquisition and there's there's, a, there's a, there'll be another smaller. We're trying to do two with the remaining yeah. funds we have. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm hoping these guys are going to be exciting and add something. You know, um, we added a young Argentine last season, Lucas Janssen, just on loan Loved for the him. for the and mm-hmm. and he was a good player. So it's going to be a, uh, a Lucas Janssen type player plus nice. is what we're looking to do. And uh, they're not easy because what you find mm-hmm. is with the tr- this TAM money is an interesting because. You're allowed to spend up to one point five million on a player, four million mm-hmm. dollars overall. Um, but with transfer fees, the transfer fees go into that. Okay. And so if you buy a player for three million bucks and you do a three year contract, it's one million. Right. So the guy may only make, you know, but now you gotta make a good player for less than five hundred thousand. Yeah. Which Difficult isn't to do. always the case. And Difficult so you're you 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 find you generally have to go with a younger player or sometimes a player who needs a second chance like Victor Vasquez did mm-hmm. he, you know, mm-hmm. in Mexico things right. weren't going well for him and he needed kind of a second chance Chris Mavinga in, in Russia was not in a good place and he had a really good pedigree though in France mm-hmm. and so we took a shot on him and so you know or the, uh, it's a young player right. who is you know up on, coming. The, on the up
0: who's, who's in coming terms up. of that and development do you think we need to start focusing on some homegrown talent? We've got some really great young academy players, players with experience, international experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think it's time we start nurturing in-house more than looking outside? Well, I'll tell you,
2: we do. and I'll, and But we're at, I call it, the tip of the iceberg right now. So I just came back from San Diego where our 2000s, our 2002s, and our 2004s are playing in the U.S. Soccer Development Academy right. playoffs. Um, our U15s are in the national championship. So nice. our U15s play LAFC tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Now, this is 2004s. One of the players on that, teal, on that team, Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy, is a pro already. We've already signed him as a pro. Um, and they are our best age group. I mean, they are, are a tremendous group of young players. Um, our 2002s uh, one and tied two, didn't get through their group, um, but they did not lose a game on the field. And they had two pro players on their team, the 2002s, um, Ralph Preso and, and Jaden Nelson, who was injured. He didn't play, but he would have been on that team. And then our U19s actually won their first two games and then lost to NYC, didn't make the quarterfinals. Um, we feel really good about what's coming up. When mm-hmm. you've seen now Liam Frazier is, is the very tip right, yeah. right now of this East, iceberg, yes, okay? Yes, yes. Then you've seen him a little bit, and he's someone we think um, – has a lot, what, what Liam, what I've really liked is he gives these penetrating passes. He's doing well. That, that you see, still he's still, you know, he's still young. And so I think he's going to be a guy that over the next three or four years you're going to see a lot more of. But then underneath him, you have Io Akinola, who is now healthy again. Yep. So the last time he played was in Atlanta, and he's a member of the U.S. Uh, U-20 mm-hmm. team, would have went to their World Cup, but he actually got injured in that game tried to rehab but just was still hurt so he's he's prepared and he's going to be ready for wednesday night's game uh two young guys you may not have heard of julian dunn is a center back as a 2000. Uh, noble Aquello is another one is a 2000 has a lot of interest from teams overseas uh both these 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 guys are homegrown players they're with our county both pros um, 2001 jordan Peruzzo is our leading goal scorer for our
0: us actually
2: was over in italy for three years um, saw us when we played in the via reggio tournament yeah. and then wound up coming back here right he's a pro with our usl and some team some great
0: coaches and mentors you got danny diccio right oh, we, have,
2: we have some really good and and that's why i say we're at the tip of the iceberg right now we just sung, signed a young guy jacob schaffelberg who you will you will see more of he's in 1999 mm-hmm. uh, he's actually from nova scotia so he joined us um, as a u19 so he wasn't part of like the full system right. but he joined danny's team as u19 mm-hmm. did fantastic we brought him up to the USL team. He's done really well. He has pace. He's got a lot of pace. Left-sided player. Um, Jordan Pruits, so Jaden Nelson, is, is a professional player now. He's in 2002. Uh, we have uh, Tariq Muhammad, who's playing for our USL team, um, who's going to be a pro. I mean, he's going to be a TFC player. We have. So I say it's the tip of the iceberg right now because we have a group of players coming up. What they're not ready to do yet, and I say this, um, little reluctantly, they're not ready to grab the mantle yet. Okay and not ready take the, the team. Yet. And I think over the next two or three years, and that's why I use this transition, I think you're gonna to start to see the emergence of Io Julian Dunn is a center back. He's only nineteen years yeah. old. two thousand They
1: need a couple of kilometers underneath. They need their film.
2: they need and they need to play next to a Drew Moore. Yeah, they need right. to play next to an Omar Gonzalez and, yeah. and, and that's how you kinda of bring up these young guys. We another young guy, Rocco Romeo, who we had on loan in um, Denmark who just came back he's gonna play with our USL team the rest of the year he's a 2000 wow. and and these are guys that did you see the game when we played Juventus a couple of years yes, ago the yes. U17's yep. Rocco Romeo and Julian Dunn were the center backs yeah. and we tied
0: 1-1 also he was there and
2: yeah. and so that's why I say we have these young players we and we have a number of them we're all under USL contracts mm-hmm. right now only Io and Julian Noble and um and liam are on the first team contracts and now jacob as well but you'll start to see that transition as we continue to develop from underneath so it looks like a bright
0: future obviously
2: we think it is we think it is
1: yeah good so just shifting gears um for a moment we touched upon seba you're sitting next to two italian canadian passionate fans who've been there uh just a little bit of history i was part of the initial meetings when Seba was being introduced, yeah. and one of the first launch parties that we held at the Columbus Centre at Dufferin Lawrence in Toronto was was an initiative that we put together, and from when he was here, we had Italian Heritage Nights during the month of June as we celebrate Italian Heritage Month, and that has dwindled over the last few years because there's been a lack of cultural events that have been taking place at BMO Field. Not too sure why, but something that we would always love to have back. But what I can say is that, and I know my father grilled you a bit in the West Club about this, is how he left, left a huge sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I think it's because we we heard a lot of Seba and not a lot of TFC. And a lot of TFC that was mentioned was eaten up in what Seba was saying because he was the rock star of the city of Toronto. He put us back on the map, him schmoozing, you know, moving around, going in Yorkville, hanging out with all the celebs. It was, you know, we created this, yeah, yeah. this eagle for him, yeah. the, the the fans of Toronto yeah, FC. Yeah. So now we're at a point where, I think I shared with you, Victor Vazquez um, got a a wonderful send off. On social media and person, it was just it was beautiful. Right. You told me stay tuned because something was happening with Seba at an upcoming game yet, I didn't feel personally that it was something that was at that grand level that he deserved. And I just wanted to know, like, A, can you speak about his departure and what really happened? Could we have really had him? And B, do you think that there could have been a better job in sending him off accordingly based on what he's done for us? Yeah,
2: I mean, yes and yes. Um, It was a difficult, very difficult time. he was coming into the last year of his contract and, and he had an option year, which um, at his wages, we weren't prepared to exercise the option. And uh, he was angry at that. Were awesome we far off? That. Depends on who you ask, right? Okay. You know, I, I, I would like to say our offer was was very healthy. He still would have been one of the top players in the league, but from what he was making, you could look at it as a sizable pay cut too, you okay. know, depending on, on, on how you look at it. Um, but you know, it, we felt that, that we gave a very strong offer. Um, he wanted us to pick up the option and, uh, um, we weren't prepared to do that. And it was emotional. It was tough. And at the end of the day, Andrea, um, he, he look, we still had him under contract, but, uh, uh, Andrea came up with an opportunity for him in Saudi Arabia where he could make some money that he probably will, could never make anywhere else and uh, and he took advantage of it and you know I spoke to him on the phone too and, and he we we were kind of holding and it was it was difficult to sign off on those loan papers and uh, finally, we were able to negotiate um, a transfer fee that, that made sense for us. And uh, But it was difficult. It's never easy. Um, but it, and I say this all the time. At the end of the day, it came down to dollars.
1: And, because a lot of fans felt yeah. deceived, right, with him in Los Angeles and then leaving for treatment. There was a lot of articles that were put out there that led us to believe. And I, I remember... He <laughs> conversing trained. With he was the, with yeah, the team you know, training. We get it. We saw yeah. the pictures. You know, There was proof that he yeah, was there. Yeah, it just... Yeah. The way that it was construed in the media and the information that I was getting, I remember I said to Tony, Tony, he's not going anywhere. He's staying put." What did I say? You said 100% he's leaving. He's gone. He's gone. And it was a back and forth thing that we were going on and I didn't want to believe it. Yeah. I think a lot of fans, everybody didn't want to believe it. It's just now we feel like there's this this void
2: yeah. that's gone. Yeah. yeah.
1: Look, he's, how, he you, how do you replace, how do you, well,
2: I yeah, yeah. I, You know, I equate that some to the losing, though. Um, I think, I think, you know, we start winning again, and and I think we'll get that back. I think, you know, replacing Sebastian Jovenko was never going to be easy. And what we had decided was we needed, and and we kind of had the perfect storm because we lost Victor, too. Yes. Victor, Victor... In 2019 would not have been the same player in 2017 so he broke down a bit in 2018 and look he had an opportunity to go make some money for himself um, and he did it a much different way than Seba did and he came to us and he asked us if we'd make a move and we came up with the right transfer fee Uh, Seba was more emotional because he was angry he wanted us to renew his option and we had to make a business decision so at the end of the day and and I That's think it's clear, really obviously, it soccer into. is a business, right? Yeah, it's a business yeah.
0: for players yep. and for the corporate entity. Yep. So in terms of, of what happened with Seba, I want to ask you this question. Do you think you can have a dynasty with a sports franchise when it's corporately owned? Or do you need an independent owner? You've been a, around yeah, long enough.
2: No, I, th- I think you can. because, And I, I'll say this. Our ownership group, and I know it's corporate owned though, but you can ask Masai, Brendan, myself. I mean, we run it. You know, and, and we have budgets, so just like every Baum other So gives
1: you the key to say, give me a cup. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Larry,
2: I still talk to Larry once a week, once every other week, and I'll always let him know what's going on. We just had a transfer offer for a player, for example. I told him, you know, hey, hey, we got this. We turned it down just so he knows, keeps him in the loop. He's my boss, right? Um, and at the end of the day, though, we have a budget and that we manage the budget.
0: It it sounds like you're being frugal, especially when we're talking about the trainer, for example. You're negotiating a contract. I can't imagine the contract of a physiotherapist being that immense that an MLSC... Well, then I I would be surprised (laughs) because this guy must be asking for big bucks because when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, you want to win championships, you got to spend money. You know it, right?
2: Absolutely, and that's that's why we did what we did for Giuseppe. I'll tell you what, you know... And deservedly so. He's he, he does he does great work. His deal is is very strong deal within our league. And and for me it was about and I say this all the time. If it results in winning, you do it. Sure. And you know can't be silly, but you sure. do it. And I think you know we you know the transfer fee to bring in Alejandro Pozuelo I think people saw we're not going to be shy about spending money for the right player and part of that decision was we felt we needed to have an attacking midfielder and that's why we went instead of another striker it's why we went for Alejandro first and the thought was Josie would would be up front you would have Alejandro you still have Oso you still have Michael we can kind of you know have Josie do what Josie does. Have Alejandro be the be the man, and those two have only been on the field for three games this year,
1: did, did and that's been really, a bit of a challenge. Well, did he really need to have the number ten, in your perspective? He wanted it. He he wanted no he it. wanted oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it. Oh, he wanted oh, it. I'm really glad that, you, that He's was a, he's a, he's a number ten.
2: You know, okay. and he wanted he wanted that number. And look, numbers get passed on in soccer sure. all the time, sure. right? And so we said, you know, yeah, and and. Sebastian Jovenko will always be number 10 with Toronto FC, can and hopefully Alejandro
1: has a great career, and he'll be a number 10 as well. Could we know? expect uh, Seba's jersey to be on the Wall of Honor anytime soon?
2: So on the Wall of Honor, um, that is, the Wall of Honor there is is actually moments. So he's up there. We don't have any jerseys up there. In In our training ground, we have a little kind of wall that has, has our all-stars and our best 11 players. Mm-hmm. We haven't really put a wall of honor for players' jerseys or anything like that. We more celebrate moments, and Sebastian's all over that, sure. that wall down there at BMO okay. Field. Um, look, I think it was nice, uh, he, he, I had texted him to join me for the game, and he
1: came. You saw and, that and, in your president's suite.
2: Yeah, and so it was a good opportunity, especially for he and I, to, to hug it out and laugh a bit. And, and his agent and I, Andrea D'Amico, have a, have a friendship, and we're going to do a lot of business together. Um, with Andrea over the years, um, I told him, I said, I said, bring me another younger Seba. That's it. You know, that's and His that's, brothers you know, available. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> but I told him, and so you know, I think to your point, you know, you look back. I, I think, I think Seba may have said he could have handled it a bit better. We probably could have, and and, but at the end of the day, I will say this: I don't think we were going to get a deal done. Okay. I think he You're had, too far apart. and it was just too far apart. And uh, but I think time heals everything and he came back and we welcomed him like i literally was getting a text from the raptors game saying seb is here should we put him on screen yeah and because mlse they knew how it ended right right? and we weren't happy when those comments came out and my comment back was why wouldn't we and that was kind of the first thing when you saw him on the screen and that's how our company works So they checked in they're like okay and then i think you know, I shot a note Andre and I said, I'd like to invite Seba to the game. What do you think? And he goes, Bill, he'd love to hear from you.
1: And so that's, amazing. So that's well, that, how it went. That, that's beautiful because, you know, you, we saw the success of having an A list celeb in Drake being the ambassador. Yeah. And, you know, not a shot at D Roll. I, I have a signed D Roll jersey here. One of, you know, I love his history, what yeah. he's done for this club. But do you think that you were talking about swag? Do you think that that starts with making the team? perceived a bit better in this city and finding some real swag outside of the TFC yeah. family to bring in?
2: Um, no, I, I think winning provides swag. Okay. When you're winning and, and and you're a team, fans always respect winners, right? And even my team in Salt Lake, we captured that city of Salt Lake and we're a soccer team no one knew about. You know, we, The team only started in 2007. By 2011 we were selling out every game. And it was this consistent winning, and so I think we were able to really capture the city there for almost a two-and-a-half-year period, and we had some stars, though. You had Seba, you had Josie, and, and you know, they were able to transcend just soccer fans. People knew who Sebastian Javenko were. You know, Josie Altidore is now engaged with Sloan Stevens. Yeah. People know who Josie Altidore is. They know who Michael Bradley is, so I think part of that swag comes with the winning, and, and you develop that, and you look at the Jazz, I am mean, not the Jazz, the, uh, the Raptors, Raptors right yes. now, I mean, it's winning. It's crazy. It's winning, right? Because if they were a 500 team, you wouldn't be seeing what we're seeing.
0: One of your KPIs, your key performance indicators, customer service, I know yeah. you've had dinner with fans. Oh, yeah, and you know, yeah. All, you've done some amazing My buddy things. Joe Frasca. That's right. Yeah. So let me ask you this question, and it's something that we talk about on this podcast every week, the experience, the fan experience of BMO. Yep. To me, there's a noticeable difference when you go to a Toronto FC match versus going to a Raptors game. Yeah, yeah. The experience is different, it feels different. Yep. Even things just like, you know, paying $13 for a beer, we always talk about that, <laughs> concession prices, <laughs> right? The Argos yeah. have some family-friendly yeah, concession yeah. prices, they have $5 beers. Yep. Why are we not seeing that more of that at TFC games? Why are we seeing $30 parking, $13 yeah, yeah. beers?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, and, and I'll say this with how our company operates, um, TFC is is treated within our company just like Raptors and Leafs, sure. and so it's the same the same group does the concessions. The same we work with exhibition place and parking, um, but the same group does it all. And so we always look at okay, what do they charge in a Scotiabank here, and we don't Scotiabank charges more, right. And So we charge less, but. Part of it is who do you want to be, right? And the Argonauts have lost generations of fans. Right. In, in all honesty, I mean they really Absolutely. have.
0: And well, when I was a kid, I used to go watch them at CNE Stadium. I don't know if you, if you knew the history. I've seen the Exhibition. pictures. Fifty thousand yes. people yes. watching yes. an Argos yes.
2: game in, and, and cheering them on. In it the was 70s, like the seventies, eighties. Oh yeah.
1: It. Exactly. And
2: so we're trying to bring back a group of fans. What? Well, we do have to look out with TFC because we don't want to alienate fans. We don't want to lose fans. And and we are down a bit, um, and I think it's more the slide. um, Because you do, we still, you get your casual fans, which you can never, you know, you're always going to have your hardcore fans. And the great thing about TFC fans is they've been there loyal since 2007. Yeah, I mean, these guys just uh, like amazing. us, Bill. Yeah, we, I mean, we have, and, and
1: uh, not, it's not a braggadocious comment over here. We have fifteen seats between yeah, it's, here, right? And like,
2: that's that's amazing to me because I know the years you guys went through were really, really tough, times. and and we're gonna get back to where where we were over those last few years, um, but but part of being big league is is sometimes the beer prices are big
0: league, right? right.
2: And and that's just so I. I but if you, understand you say your target kind of what I'm market saying? or your
0: demographics different, you know obviously you know about Leafs and hockey, yeah, very yeah. corporate, oh, yeah. right? You're not going to bring a family of four to a TFC game, which you know I think soccer is a lot more of a family friendly yeah. sport. Um, it's it's unaffordable yeah. for most fans.
2: Yeah, well, we 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 do get families because we're the weekends, for right? Sure. Um, the Raps and Leafs, they do have 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 that corporate clientele. Right. Um, it's a fine balance. You know, it's a fine balance. And, and what we kind of look at is, you know, we were selling out every game in 2017 and early 2018, and then it started to dip about midway through last season. Um, it'll be something we reevaluate, you know, depending on, on where we are. It's I can tell you we sell a lot of beer. You, you do. know, we do. We sell a lot so, of beer.
0: This brings me to my next point. Is it about the beer or is it about the soccer? It's always about the soccer. It's always about the soccer. It's always
2: about the soccer. And that's why... You know, for, for TFC, you, you, TFC games are much different, like you said, than Raptors games right. and Leafs games. And Argonauts. You go to an Argonauts game, it's more like a Raptors game. Sure. Yeah, you and TFC, for me, it's always about the product on the field. It's always about the team and the soccer. And what I've really come to appreciate, and I, I love it, because where I'm from in New York, it's very similar. The fans are there to watch the game. Sure. And they'll still like you to do a nice you know, thing at sure. halftime or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's about the, about game. the game, and and I real and the fan base is knowledgeable here. They are very knowledgeable, and you, you know they're going they call you to task on things, but they're also um, I think I think there was an appreciation for what we did from this fan base in this town mm-hmm. um, that that was special. Yeah and, and I, I don't know if you know the
0: history of soccer in Toronto, but TFC is the longest term successful franchise in soccer yeah, history in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. We had the Toronto Blizzard who played at Exhibition Stadium yeah, as well. Absolutely Defunt. the Metros Croatia. You got it. So we got Bobby and Carloy Marcantonio. You got it. So yeah, got with, and and, and, Antonio, got and, it. and uh, my neighbor.
2: You had the Toronto, Toronto Lynx.
0: Absolutely. They used to play in a in a league that I played in actually. D Rosario played for the yeah, Lynx, yeah. owned by Enzo Yantorno, another local yeah. Yeah, guy. Yeah. Um so that brings me to my next question. You got the CPL now. Yeah, you got yeah. this. What do you think about it? Because I know players are coming up and down. Yeah. What what what's your thoughts on that in the future of Canadian soccer? Is there room for two pro leagues? Can CPL coexist with the MLS? Without a
2: doubt, without a doubt. Um, Jimmy Brennan is running the right. York team. He's, he's, I mean, he's a TFC legend and, yeah. and, and the first signing ever for our club. Uh, we loaned Carmine Zacco there. We, mm-hmm. we loaned Ryan Telford to them, yep. and Ryan came back came to back. us and got an assist. Yes, to right. tie a game yep. for us, you know. Nice. Um, I think you'll see more of that in the future. Okay. Um, look, I, I think I can equate where they are to where MLS was in 1996. And when that league first came out, and it was growing pains, and the level of play maybe wasn't the greatest. And, and over time, you know, you get there. I think I think the talent in Canada right now, and I say this, I, I think within 10 years, 20 years from now, Canada is going to be right up there with the U.S. and Mexico. I think within the next 10 years. And, well, why, and why do you I
0: think th- that? Because we're spending more money in terms of development and TFC and I do. CPL but I also colder. think,
2: and I see it here in Toronto, the, the, the demographic... In Toronto, there's so many first-generation Canadians where sure, their right. parents loved sure. the game, grew up sure. with the game, yeah. and they're, they're, they're coming out of the womb with a soccer ball, not yeah. a hockey stick. Sure. Yeah. And we see, if you look at the complexion of our teams and our 2004s, 2000, our 2003s won the Dallas Cup.
1: I mean that's that's Big if you feel. ever heard of the Dallas company, yep. it's one of the most. We're not doing enough of a job world. speaking about these successes, and I'm really glad that everybody here had an opportunity to hear about these success stories, because where else are you going to hear it? Nobody's yeah, writing not, about yeah. it. Yeah,
2: we do. You know, we do have kind of our TFC Academy piece of our website, and we do have some social, but it's not the level that TFC is right. And so. It's more for the hardcore fans. We'll find out
1: about that. And I think Tony touched upon it. I just don't think that season ticket holders, and you know, and I'll speak on his behalf as well, we don't want to feel as though this franchise is the runt of MLSC. Yeah. Because uh, if, yeah. if that's the case... There are a lot of people out here that will crowdsource and crowdfund and buy the team from MLSE and yeah. run it accordingly. Oh, yeah. We're
0: going to do what Rocco Camiso did. You know, the owner of the Cosmos. He, he now, just he now just Listed it on the NASDAQ. So Great. we're going to get the TSX. We're going to get a little group together. We're going to buy your club. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Your state. you you. I tell you. If we can no, come to an agreement, if <laughs> we're not that the, far apart.
2: The expansion fees are unbelievable, right? So so think about MLSE bought TFC for $10 million bucks. That's right.
1: Sure. That's right. And I don't know if we all we could get them and you're now
2: looking and the guys in Out of fury doing a great job we have a couple of players on loan to them right now aiden daniels and robert boscovich but um mos franchises now you're talking 200 million dollars for an expansion fee and and, you know we are we're we're eventually going to go to 30 teams now um and who knows maybe 32 one day and and i think it's it shows the popularity of soccer Soccer. i'm very proud like canada has adopted me this last four years my wife and i love it here Um, And you have Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto. And you look, we have five boys that are going to play in the U-17 World Cup. And that's five boys from this area. That's amazing. You know, and I think in Vancouver has, I think, six. They have one more than we have. Montreal has has another five or six. And then there's two boys from overseas. But uh, it's made up of those three teams. And then now you're going to have all these CPL teams, and they're going to have academies. And I just think... Canada, and then when we get the World Cup in 2026, what it did for the for US 94. in 94, it's what it's, it's going to do it's for gonna, Canada. It's going
1: to be big for us. And, ju- and just to uh, uh, double down very quickly, if the MLS grows, because it's, you know, a lot of my friends laugh at me because I follow this team, the club, it's not a European club, but, yeah. you know, we love Toronto, we love everything and You Toronto. can be a fan of Man U can, U, and but, be a fan you know, of TFC. Of course, of Absolutely. course. But there are some yeah. believers out there that say that you can't. So, um, the MLS is growing. Beckham has some interest. A lot of big his players. team
2: starts next year in Miami. A lot That's of big right.
1: players are going to come. I think we're going to buy season tickets there too, just so we can make some money. And I feel that if the league grows, can we expect that if there's a fourth DP slot, that Toronto, it's a no-brainer. Sign, sealed, delivered. We're getting one. Nope. If they open it up. Oh,
2: if they open yes. it up,
1: of course. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean. My, my bosses and, and our organization, we, you know, we want to be amongst the, the, the top spending teams in terms of getting the right players. And you're never going to see us. I mean, we were so far ahead of everyone else these last few years. Um, we're, we're, and they've shown it with the investments they, they make with the Leafs and the Raptors. They want to win. And, mm-hmm. and you need talent. You need talent to win at the end of the day. And so we're, we're, we're going to continue to, to acquire talent. Um, but, and this is, we've never been able to do this before. We are going to develop talent from within. You're going to, some of these guys I'm and Jaden Nelson and Jordan Peruzza, um, you're going to see these guys playing for TFC. And, you know, it's interesting because I wonder about the whole Canadian thing. You mentioned the CPL. Sure. We signed a kid, Richie Laria, It's a local kid. Sure. Local kid. And he went not, to Toronto Catholic District yeah, School Board. And not a peep. Yeah,
1: and did. part of that
2: is, look, he's not a big player. We didn't, you know, but... I actually think Richie's young. He's only 23 years old. I think he's going to do very He's well. going to develop. Yeah. But what we find with our fans is they don't care if you're Canadian or not. Yeah. They want to know can you play. That's yeah. right. And so even our kids that are coming out of our academy, sometimes there's this sense of oh, I'm, you know, I can just walk into the first team. Not Doesn't that easy. Happen. And so they got to earn it. And that's yeah. why I say we're not going to be the club that just plays our homegrown's just to play homegrown's. They got to earn Great. it. And and it's uh, I, I think you'll see more, but but for us it's always about you know what's the best product we can put on the field and right now it's not good enough. That's right. I mean it is not good enough right now.
1: And I remember you saying to the West Club you're like if we don't get these three points, heads are gonna roll. You were gonna start talking to people.
2: Yeah, no, we we um, we really uh, are in a bad situation right now. And you're oh five and three in your last eight games. It's just there's nothing pretty about it, right? And so. Um, I think part of it is we have to acknowledge it and what do we now we know what we're doing about it already with Omar and, and with this window coming up um, I hate giving the excuse that the guys are away at Gold cup because I feel like we should have enough talent to find yeah, ways eventually. to win you can't especially at home. A switch oh yeah. three and yeah. one our last four games at home so it's frustrating right and you can hear it you know coming with me um, our guys are gonna have to fight and grind out a win Wednesday night you know, we got we're we got the best fans in the
1: world. Toronto fans are the best These fans, fans are fan, in the world.
2: They're, they're fantastic, and and I think we we've, we've gotten because of what we did, we've gotten a bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I don't want to wait too long to where we no longer get the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm I'm I told Ali Curtis today, I'm like, you know, we this acquisition we make this summer has to be someone that's going to make an impact. Can't be a guy that we're waiting a year and a half.
1: You need an it's impact gotta player. be someone
2: that can come in and make an impact. And it just it has to be someone that can come on the field and make us better. Make it happen right away. It has away. to make us better. Bill,
0: we're running out of time. All right. I need one sentence See, for the See, I could have gone up. another hour. So could we. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Don't worry. We're gonna have you back for sure. But All right. sum up your soccer philosophy for us and for the fans. Give us one sentence. How would you sum up your soccer philosophy?
2: Uh, I believe a, a I believe that winners are a group that plays together. They enjoy each other, um, and they play for they play from here, from the heart, and they play for the shield, not for themselves. Beautiful. That, that's what I, I believe. Love that a philosophy. Is.
0: Because for me, it's all about team. Yeah. And you have to fight for your teammates, and if you do that, ultimately, you'll have a winning a formula, team. And that's right? the winning formula. Bill Manning, yeah. I want to thank him for being here all at right. TFC Roundtable. Thanks to Mario Pileggi. We will have Mr. Manning on again. It was amazing having you here. You great, were very forthright. We really appreciate it. I'm sure all the TFC fans appreciate it. We'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you yeah. One
1: sec, one sec. All right, what want we, we got? Wanted <laughs> you, we wanted to brand you accordingly, and we know that Adidas is the main <laughs> sponsor. And so we made awesome. a jersey. We put your name well, in the we... six for representing yes, Toronto. of course. And we oh, hope that you awesome. enjoy it. A nice little memory thank for being you. on the show Thanks with so us. you so much,
0: man. Thank you. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Thanks. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.